Alright, so welcome everyone back to our uh, audio table. Uh, we're still separated due to COVID, but uh, the point is the fun is still here. Last time you guys infiltrated the headquarters near Cherrytown of the clan that currently has a burn mark on Theo. As you went in, you found out that uh, libraries are a tough place to live. Finally storming through, you had finally met Grinny, which puns galore. She stormed her way through and uh, eventually stealing and scooping up Bellini, losing an arm in the process, made it to the cloaked figure standing in the background of the uh, long hallway. As everything kind of began to settle, you saw a deep red runic ring on the ground begin to glow. And as this occurred, Polly noticed that the ring from the Raven Queen started to begin to shake and shimmer and glow. Being the devoted cleric he is, slipped on the ring, and purple smoke began to fill the room and trace themselves all the way to the other party members. So, any more refreshing we need, or are we good to go? Does Fedwin still have the frog on his head? To be That's determined, you will find out soon. <sighs> I, I have a, a comment to make about the slipped on the ring. When you said that, instead of picturing, like, put the ring on, I pictured him, like, slipping on it, <laughs> like a bar of soap. <laughs> and I was like, wow. what? I was like, man, sort of out that he just trips over his own equipment. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, you know what? No, it makes more sense with the other definition. Slipped there. on the ring. <laughs> Sorry. Carefully took the ring from his pocket placing it on his preferred finger. Are we clear? Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Which yes. finger was preferred? That's, That's up a good to question. Polly. <laughs> uh, the middle finger. Nice. Good call. Good call. Good <laughs> on call. The right but that hand. was Bellini's yep. preferred finger. Mm. Good finger. So, as the room is drowned out of the sounds of drunken banter, screaming for more carnage, Polly slips the shaking ring onto his finger. The second he does, a plume of dark purple smoke bellows out from either side of the ring. As the purple smoke moves within it, with a quickness wrapping itself around Polly, some begins to trail off to wrap around Fedwin, following past the room to catch up with Theo. Theo, through your eyes you see a large towering figure standing over a now feral looking Grinny, holding Bellini with very little life left in her eyes. Glancing down you see a circle filled with symbols that vaguely match the book that you had found in the library. The Raven Queen book? The the book that had references to the Raven Queen? That yes. book? Though these symbols are beginning to surge with a dark red energy seeming to create somewhat of a visible distortion. Looking at the large figure beneath his cloak, you see similar glowing dark red seeping through the fabrics of his material. As the smoke fills the room and submerges your senses into a violet haze, the sound begins to fade, followed by sight, until eventually, seconds feel like hours, days feel like months. Polly, your eyes finally refocus to find yourself still surrounded by a purple smoke. Though when you finally find your wits to see a set of five gems on the ground connected to what looks to be a broken set of chain links, a tumbled ruby, which links are barely connected to a cut amethyst, 
a crude emerald as though it were pulled from the earth moments ago, a citrine gem with impurities of small specks of white, brown, blue, and orange, and finally, a large onyx stone sitting neatly in its silver raven frame. As you are looking around at this, your ears peek to the sound of a crow, and as you spin around, you finally see your cloak in its former glory, as though the years had not gone by, neatly folded with the Raven Queen symbol displayed facing upward. As the smoke begins to fill your vision again, you hear the simple cackle of a young female's voice fill your ears. <laughs> as you finally come to what felt like moments later, finding yourself inside the Jordanar, the ship you were just given as a prototype days ago. The sounds of the steam engine idly hum, and the heat giving a comfort like a hearth back in Loader's food bowl, back when you all first met. Looking around, though, you see that the foot-and-a-half-tall sorcerer with an energy larger than life is nowhere to be found. The rest of the party begins to finally collect their wits, as though nothing had really changed. Um, is my cloak still there, all nice and pristine? Yes, when you glance down at your torso, your cloak looks brand new. All of the holes and all the stains, no longer there. Well, this just isn't right! <laughs> Where is the stain? It was in the shape of a hat! That was my favorite stain! All things to remove from me, my dignity they can take, but my favorite stain... <laughs> Stain. Oh, don't worry, Polly. I can get some new stains on you. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? I quite like it. Fresh start. I may as well be a younger man again. Oh, no, that's a great outlook. <laughs> where, Where is the small one? Where is our Bellini friend? Bellini! <coughs> Bellini! Bellini! Oh, uh, guys, when we... When we were... I guess being sworn by all that mist, I didn't I didn't see any of it going towards Bellini. I mean I hit a frog on my head, so I'm not sure what was he's happening. Still inside? Yeah, inside let's let's go check. We could have as as a matter of fact, where, where are we? We're in the 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 wagon, the horseless carriage, I think. Right? Yeah. What? Yeah, we're <laughs> Are we we're outside the uh, the library then? You are currently inside in the Jordanar. That's you haven't stepped out yet. So... Oh, we are. Let, let's. Can is there windows or something? The only hatch is would be above. Aside from that, you are in a large vessel. I'm gonna go open the hatch and peek my head out. So as you crack this hatch open, sun fills the area, and as you finally step out, you see you are in what looks to be a thick Amazonian forest. Your vehicle looks to have grass that has grown days, maybe even weeks, as it goes about halfway up the, sh the ship itself. Looking around, all you can really see is thick, lush forest, except for a simple walked path that looks to have gone up to your vehicle a couple times but never disturbed anything around it. In the far distance, you see about 14 foot high, two statues. On the left stands a figure with humanoid features, but looking to have a bear stance, covered in a stone pelt. 
On the right, the statue looks to be a jaguar running, but with closer examination, it is dressed as if it were tailored with a set of daggers on its hips. Bellini! It's going to be impossible to find Bellini here. He's, he's green. This area's all lush and green. It's going to be impossible. You know, the, the only grass is his slight bits of hope that we have is that he's got that bright hair. That's true. He does also like the color pink and a lot of sparkles and glitters. Let's look around for oh, some fuck, of those. I'm going to stop you there, Polly. There's a there's a patch of pink flowers right there. We're not going to find Bellini anyway. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Bellini! <laughs> well, I think let's gather all of the supplies from in here and maybe we can try to make our way out, follow that yeah, path. Yeah, but I'm a little bit worried. I mean, he was with that chick, the hairy one. Exactly. That's, That's right. why we need to get out there and, and find him. What was her name? Sally? Sarah? Hinny. Sarah. Her Sarah. name was Hinny. Hinny. Yeah, no, she was terrifying, but she hit him right before That's we left. Right. Into the ring cloud. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Fedwin, can you roll me a perception check, please? In the meantime, I'm going to have a look at the statue, if I can. Or the statues. Words or better, clearer description of them. I don't know. Yep, one sec. Sure. They're made of stone. Okay, perception. Suck on these fingers, Thomas, because I got <laughs> a dirty 20. Nice. Looking in the distance past those statues, you see a very familiar frog hopping away. Oh, good. Yeah, I was wondering why I could see. <laughs> but yes, so the party begins to head down the path. Uh, yeah, I guess we gather our things. I have a quick question. Does yeah. our whole, it seems like it's been a fair period of time since last time, does that count as like a long rest? It would definitely count as a long rest. Okay, just wanted to check. <laughs> um, can you describe the surroundings just a little bit more? Like, so we're in like an Amazon forest. Is there, like, we're no longer even in the same area that we were with the library, right? Yeah, so in terms of where you are, you probably, especially you, Fedwin, would have never seen anything like this. Growing up in the mountains, you are nowhere in your preferred terrain, you have no familiarity, but especially for Theo and Polly, especially Theo with all your traveling and Polly all your years across the land, this doesn't look anything like anywhere in Mysteria. Is anyone sweating? Like, I've completely overdressed here. Same here. Take off my animal skin cape and I just frickin'. I put it into the bag of convenient placement. Hey, Theo, Toads can you take my, my, my shawl? I don't know what this is. My cape? Cloak? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in, in, the, in the tote. I also remove my cloak and put it in my bag, and I'm gonna roll up my pant legs a bit, too. They're uneven now, but <laughs> <laughs> they're rolled up. I just imagine seeing these, like, sk like skin hanging off your legs, like, just some old-ass old man legs, exactly. and, like, you know the testicles hang down to the knees or something? <laughs> like a broken yo-yo. <laughs> ah, Polly, put it back on! Put it back on! <laughs> Shame me! 
you can you can tell it's Polly's tracks because it's like two footprints and then it's like this long <laughs> <laughs> line. <in between>. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> All right. So. It's modern day, Polly. You know we have uh, you know cups to put our pots in. Out of all of those pouches and pockets, not a single one for your gonads. <laughs> anyway, so you guys I like to test. feel the breeze between my knees, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, breezy, beautiful, polyballs. Okay. Alright. Yep. So... As you guys begin to match more of the climate that you are in and head toward the statues, uh, about 200 feet go by as you've strolled. And as you're walking, you see various different uh, plants, various that just don't look recognized, vibrant colors, bright, very beautiful. Some creatures you hear stirring in the distance. Even a couple large birds fly off as you approach. Uh, you finally get to these statues, though. And Polly, as you eventually kind of lean in to try and read something, you see as this statue comes to life and leans down and goes, Hello, you finally um, awake. Dear, it is talking. Does anyone else see the talking? Anybody else? Yeah, it's not just you, Polly. I saw that too. This is fucking terrifying. Okay, um, that thing's huge! I, I'm quite well. How are you? Sorry about that. Wasn't sure if you were real or not. Well, the lady said that you were sleeping, and so I checked in on you once in a while. Thought you were dead for a bit, but, uh, you're not. What lady? Well, we call her the lady. Um... She's the one who usually says, anybody who comes through this way, days be okay. So you coming from this way is okay. Huh. <laughs> who else has been through this way? Did you see a short, small, little green one? Well, no. It's only been you three that have come through this way in... A long time for new faces. Generally, I know the faces I see that comes through here. But little greens, no. No. Yeah? Hi, mate. <laughs> uh, Fidman the non-threatening. What's your name? Uh, Golem of sorts? What are you? Uh, and, by the way, what area of Mysteria are we in currently? I don't know what Mysteria is, but... My name's Hudson, and uh, I'm what they call a gargoyle. And quite a nice gargoyle you are, if I may add. Thanks. Is there a body of water <laughs> that we could uh, refresh ourselves in? Perhaps Hudson's bike? Well, I don't know about Hudson's Bay, but uh, if you want to go in, there's a fountain in there where the lady usually gives the refreshments. That would be great. Oh, hold up. Is this Lady Harry? No, not Harry. Harry lives somewhere else. <sighs> I said, is she Harry? Uh, does, is this lady covered with fur hair or something? Oh, well, yeah, she's got hair. Everybody's got hair. Except for me. I'm a statue. <laughs> 
Yeah, except for you, Hudson. And who's your friend right beside you here? The the cougar? Oh, that's uh ha that Hey! Harlem! And you finally see this stone opens its eyes. Well Well good morning, Hudson. Oh, they finally awoken. As this statue kind of removes itself from a running perch that you see is more like a cot-styled position, climbs itself down, and these statues are taller than you. They are about 14 feet tall when standing fully. Yeah, they got two feet on me. Um, actually, by the looks of it, we got one foot on you. Oh, no, that's that's two. That's basic maths, Mike. Um, well, welcome, yes, uh, Hudson's usually the more talkative of the two, but, um, the name's Harlem. What can we do for you? Do you know what area of Masseria we're in? Oh, um, lad, this is not Masseria, or, uh, Masseria is, uh, far from here. How far? How long do you have to understand this? We got time, only looking for a friend who's off with some sort of murderer, but, you know, we should be good. Are we... alive? Well, yes, you're very alive, but... Well, that's a good way to start. (laughs) I have no problem with where I am, as long as I'm not dead. Yeah, you know what? I say this is a pretty good day, too. We woke up, the sun is shining, we got... I don't know. Greenery around us. Bit of a change in climate, but... That's all. Yeah, right. get our hands on. Well, the lady said when we were finally had you all awakies to go get her. So if you just follow us, we'll take you to the lady and the craftsman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, sounds good to us. Uh, it makes sense. Where right? she wanted us dead, she could have killed us while we were sleeping. Well, if she wanted yeah. you dead, then. Well, you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And he just turns around and starts walking with purpose. <laughs> uh, follow I, I guess I guess we should follow him. Theo, Polly, you guys tired? I could I could carry you. No, that's that's quite all right. I think it's about time I stretch my legs. Feels like I've been in that damn horse's carriage for I don't know how long. Uh, how tall is the grass? So the grass around where you guys are is about three feet high. So for you, it's like chest high. I'm going to ask Fevin to carry me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Climb aboard, son! <laughs> I'm going to leap into his arms. I'll carry him like, like oh. that. <laughs> okay. Like, cool. he'll sit on my shoulders and, like, the legs go over to the front. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, holding on to, like, the head like a dad, like, you yeah. went for your dad or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so walking like the proud family that you are, march down following these statues. What a great show. are having more idle conversation, less of anything important, more of just, like, Harlem, I saw a butterfly. Yes, Hudson, we see many butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> and as the... They start walking on. Eventually, they reach a waterfall, and you fall underneath. And as you're watching this statue, it's no animatrocity to it. So what you're used to seeing in terms of, like, puppetry and mechanics, this is fluid as if they were alive themselves. But eventually, you come to a small hut 
and as you approach this hut, you see it's about the size that these statues would be able to get in if they crouched a little. Fedwin, you'd probably be scraping your head on certain doorways if you weren't careful. Uh, but So does that mean I have to, like, jump down? So eventually you would have to jump down, but by the time you get to this place, you do see it's filled with lush gardens and various different uh, trinkets and in, uh, crafted built machinery of various different designs that match similar to what the Jordanar would be and farther in vast complexity as well. But eventually you get to the door, and with this large fist hearing a thud that echoes through the entire cavern, eventually the door swings open, to which you see this dwarf with all of this metal work carved into his face. A part of his jaw looks to be missing and is replaced with uh, metal plating. Fedwin, you see what should be a metal arm, but with complete full movement. And as he answers the door, he looks and goes, Ah, Harlem, Woodson, it's good to see you. And I see our guests have finally awoken. Well, yeah, the lady said bring them here when they woke, and they's awake. So here they is. Here we are. It's good to meet you. Uh, take his hand, just shake it very vigorously. And as you're shaking it, uh, it's following in normal pace. And he goes, good to meet you. The name's uh, Shroffen. And as you've most likely become very acquainted with uh, Hudson and Harlem, you can go back to your posts. And you see as they just go and kind of sit in their own little hut kind of areas off to the side of either, almost like they're sitting in towers. You see Harlem takes more of a watchful post while as Hudson is more just like, Admiring the flowers blow in the wind. Classic Hudson. Anyways, um... 40 quid. 40 quid. I was gonna say 40 quid and I'll buy that armor for you. Why do you want an arm, Fedwin? I don't know, you know, switch it up a bit, take the leg off my uh, my wooden leg and then put his arm on my foot and then see where it goes from there. I'm not sure it's long enough. You don't know it's long enough, Polly. Well, excuse me. Someone woke up on the wrong side of the horseless carriage. <laughs> I'm going to reach into my purse and I'm going to pull out... Um, some gold pieces, and I'm going to ask him if he's seen this kind of currency before. Smart. Uh, and you see he takes his helmet and he flips it down, and you see various different monocles <coughs> of different magnifications flip, and he's looking at it through various different ways. He bites on it and goes, This is gold! Haven't seen that in a couple uh, centuries. This would be gold from Messiria, right? Yeah, you're you're correct. Couple of centuries that uh... far too long since I've seen that. How long have you, you been centuries? here? How old are you? <laughs> uh, we just we just woke up. I stopped counting birthdays long, long ago, my friend. So you're like over forty-seven at least. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a couple of years older than forty-seven. Same here. Out of curiosity. Do you happen to know how long we've been here? 
I found that ship about three weeks ago, and uh, my, uh, I'd have to say, uh, whoever built that, it's fairly well built, but uh, looks like it could use some work. It probably can. Three weeks. All right, so I think that means it's going to be a while until we find Bellini, because if he woke up any earlier than we did, or if he was taken in fact by that Sarah, uh, then they could be gone very far by now. True. <laughs> that is true. Well, from when I checked in on you, there uh, there was only the three of you. So if you're looking for a fourth, I don't know if he's here, or at least not where you landed. Do you know, how could we get back to Mysteria? Well, with where you landed, it uh, takes a simple figure out, at least for when you know the travel, that uh, you traveled through one of the passages of um, the Queen's Inner Court. So... If you landed here, it means that you uh, got. Yeah, but we're not, we're not privy to any sort of monarchies. What queen? Well, the Raven Queen, of course. Oh, the Raven Queen. All right, continue. Well, come, come, and he invites you in, and you see that there's various intricacies and various systems, and even what looks to be like a modern day coffee maker. And he goes, tea, coffee, anything. Sure, I would love some nettle tea, please. Perfect, and he boils up tea, and he's uh, idly talking, and he goes, well, they call me the craftsman, Uh, it's nice to meet you. Uh, Those two constructs, the uh, Hudson and Harlem, I made them myself out of uh, these two, well, not this hand, I had to rebuild this hand after Hudson got to it, but... uh, Oh, man, you are skilled, mate. Where'd you learn all that? Uh, well, I don't mean to brag, but I'm what you would call a artificer. Not trying to brag. Maybe even the artificer. <laughs> wow, I've never heard that word before. There's a $5 word if I ever heard one. Yeah, it does sound expensive. And how do you spell that? Yes. A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E-R. And you can spell? Wow. So you were saying we can return because we know the queen? Well, generally with where you landed, your ship's currently on top of it, but uh, that would be where the Raven Queen has left her mark. And if you are able to... Well, wait. You've only been here. How old is... How... You, old one. How old are you? You know, I'm as young as I need to be. Were you around before written history? Well... Huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. I've got my work cut out. And he cracks his knuckles and leans forward and goes, So, since you're here, it's not much really to do in terms of hiding things as, well, you're here, you found out. And with you being here, it means that somehow you have gotten into the inner courts, whether it be by accident or by the queen's blessing. I can assure you the queen has blessed me, so just clear that up. Mm, Precisely. Yeah. Alright, um, well... How much do you know about the elitist war, then? All that we need to know. 
No. A lot of people I'm felt sorry. like they were better than others. Could say they were elitist. They fought a bunch of people they thought that were worse than them. <laughs> That's about as vague as he comes, boy. All right. So. <laughs> All right. The elitist war was before your version of written history. You know what planes are? Different planes of existence? Yes, X, Y, and Z, and they span pretty much forever. Yeah. We'll take <laughs> X, Y, and Z and make it a various stacks of different timelines. So, in the elitist war, there were planes that started to believe one was better than the other, which meant that the usual openings created a war. And specifically in what you call Messyria, the kings had started to realize they were running low on supplies, men, morale, and more importantly, hope. The party I used to travel with were chosen by the various planes and various realms to end this war. And the only way we decided that that was most likely possible was to destroy the magical links and just remove all planes from each other and wipe out any written history of these planes ever connecting. So there are five main planes that specifically are the ethereal plane, which is heavily focused on just raw magical energy, elemental plane, the voidal plane, which would be what you would know as limbo, and finally being your material plane, and this one here is what we call the primal plane. Primal meaning, now what would be in each of these planes, these respective planes. Alright, so primal being all of your primal hybrids, this is where your totem spirits would be, your animal hybrids would be, so your Kenkus, your Tabaxis, your Venerises. Venereal disease. <laughs> Cats. Cats, yes. So Harlem is a good example of that. He was drawn after what is known as a Tabaxi. He is Drawn after half human, half cat. Are they all that size? Look, that's fucking terrifying. No, I'm telling no. you, cats. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> they hold a size closer to uh, your clerical friend right here. That is just because uh, go big or go home. <laughs> Precisely, my friend. That's why we have the tall one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I know I've been probably filling you with information. Right now, the uh, well, they call her the lady. Her name is Anilios. Uh, she'll she's currently out just hunting. Uh, she'll be back eventually, though. But questions: What do you got? What do you need? What do you? Is this all making sense to you? Have I just blown your brain apart? Where are we standing? Well, from what I understand, this is all an elaborate dream that my oxygen-deprived brain has concocted. <laughs> because this really doesn't make any kind of sense, and you've made statues come to life. So I think I should just, you know, go have a little nap, if that's alright with everyone. No, Polly, the easiest way to get out of a dream is to be murdered. No, Stay no, still! This no, will only hurt no, for a moment! <laughs> 
if you die in a dream, you die in real life. I won't be dying here, I can assure you that. Just wake up and gasping. As you're now waving your hammer around, <laughs> you see that like this mechanical hand shoots out even farther, grabbing you and goes, This isn't a dream. You're you just no murdering. Okay. Fine. But I'm telling you right now, that in cinnamon. That'll help you wake up. <laughs> Murder and cinnamon. Cinnamon sounds lovely. Just put it under the nose and then put it in their mouth and they start coughing and they'll wake up. Huh. Right. So, I'm not sure what we do now. Our green friend is missing. And you say this isn't a dream. So, I suppose... We have to get back? Or... I mean, yeah, I still have to fulfill a vendetta against the blue man. I don't think the blue man is here. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why we have to get back to Mysterious. I can murder my bastard father. Excellent. And we'll help you, damn father. Oh, maybe we can take one of these golems with us. Hudson, Harlem! Hello? What? Hello, and like through the window, he's like peering through. What do you need, big one? Well, you see, back in Mysteria, I've got a bastard of a father, and we're hoping that maybe you'll want to come with us, help us murder him. Hey, I'll make it worth your while. You get to see the beautiful mountains back in Mysteria. Well, the lady told me that we only murder those step on the land before we welcomed them and I that's not the land I need to stay on so I'd have to ask the lady when will the lady be back ah uh, she should be back any minute and as that says you hear a loud thud outside and glancing out the window you see a female with fine features sleek muscular uh, arms and legs and what looks to be skin that matches the color of the forest with a cloak that shimmers and sometimes even tricks your eyes. You see on each wrist looks to be a, like a very mechanical version of a crossbow. And on, e on her hip is just a belt filled with various pouches labeled in symbols of files and herb bags and boxes. And on her back you see what looks to be a massive tooth, just like the fang of a viper, but twice the size of her torso. Oh boy. Damn. You look cool. Successful hunt, I suppose. And as you uh, glance off to the side, now panning away from her, you see what looks to be what would be a small lizard, but it's about the size of a horse. Ah, oh, hello. You finally walking. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We 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 feel well rested. Good morning, and um, I see you've met Hudson and Harlem. Did they treat you well? They've been quite accommodating. Completely calmed us down after their fourteen-foot bodies were staring over us. <laughs> the tea was excellent. Good. Good. Not enough yes. nettles for me, but. Thank you anyway. Nettles? Ugh, nettles isn't that important. Welcome to the primal plane. I am Anelios. Hi, Anelios. It's nice to meet you. 
<laughs> and, um... Edwin Harmony Vest! Nice to meet you, non-threatening. <laughs> and as she grabs your hand, there's a grip that, like, you could tell by just what would be a subtle grip could probably break your hand. Pleasure to meet you! Oh my! They call me the Pleasure's all mine, Anelios! <laughs> this is the craftsman, I am the lady. It's very nice to meet you. How did you get, uh, and she looks down directly at your middle finger on your right hand. How did you get that ring? Oh, you know, my great-grandmother bestowed it on me before I first became an adult, and it's been in the family for centuries now. Can you roll me deception? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, um... Oh, I have plus zero, so 18. I rolled a 17, and she has a plus two. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. You see her kind of, like, look you up and down, believing most of it. It's very interesting, except for the fact that the last person who could be having that ring would be man. You sell lady, lady grandma. I don't know what you mean. I believe what my friend Polly is saying is that uh, his great-grandfather actually owned it and he passed away. And later, his great-grandmother found it in their storage unit and bequeathed it to Polly. Roll deception. I believe is what Polly's trying to say. I'll give you advantage on that roll. I'm just nodding, so can it count as like an assist? Yes. Definitely. Natural 20. <laughs> ah, so that means you're from the ethereal plane. That means <clears> you're... <throat> How is Morta... Wait, you say he die? Oh, this is not Peacefully good. in his sleep. This is not good. Oh, no, I think there's been a misunderstanding. See, the ring entered my family, and, and it came to me, and... You know, I'm sure everything's all right in the ethereal plane. Ah, so so how is Mordechai? Fantastic. Very well. You know, grumpy as usual. Ah, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Now, um, how is the ethereal plane? How is it doing? It's been a thousand years since we've been back. Well... You see, I am not actually a thousand years old, so I'm really Mm. not sure. Good. It's good. You know, all's well. All ethereal. Very ethereal. And such. Well, how did you get the ring from Mordecai if you're not from the ethereal plane? See, I was trying to tell you, you, the ring entered my family, and I inherited it from them. I'm not entirely sure by what processes it it came into their possession, but, uh, now it's in my possession. Storage unit, kind of like a timeshare. Both families own it. And then they paid it's a totally possible the ring just got mixed in. (laughs) Ah, yes, yes, yes. Well, ye old FedEx. If you're a friend of Mordecai, you're a friend of mine. And then, like, as this conversation is going on, you hear from, like, the corner, Lady, 
They said they was from Syria's. I don't know if that's in the ethereal plane, but I know they said they're from Syria. Don't worry, Shut guys. The fuck I'll up, Hudson. <laughs> that's not nice. The lady never says swearing's necessary. Oh, you're right, Hudson. Get you know the worst parts just come out of me here. I apologize, Hudson. Can you please quiet down at the un inappropriate moments at which you are speaking? I don't mean to bother you, but may I interject? Yes, you may, Hudson. Now that's the kind of you know kindness that we're looking for. Very polite. <laughs> very good. Thank very polite. You. You were raised well, Hudson. Thanks. They's like my mums and dads, cause he made me, and she. Well, she is who I listen to. Now, anyways, they's not from the ethereal plane. They comes from Mysteria. Why would you tell her that, Hudson? You said I could speak. Now, either stick with the rules or don't make the rules. Now, that's just some constructive criticism. It's funny because they say I'm a construct. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, Fedwin and I are from Assyria on the material plane. Uh, our clerical friend here, again, we, we pretty much kind of met as we woke up in the thing. We, we hadn't really seen each other. As we were in there waking up slowly, we got to know each other a little bit. But aside from that, ethereal plane, material plane. Very true. Precisely. Well, that makes <clears throat> sense. Not really, but I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> Look, the point is you have the ring, which means either Mordecai wanted you to have it, or the Raven Queen wanted you to have it. And heaven forbid going against her word. Lechayim. None of us would ever want to go against her word. What brings you to the primal plane? It was actually a bit of an accident. It's a very funny story. <laughs> Hilarious. It involves a man getting a frog on his head. That I won't be telling. <laughs> Wonderful. I love frogs on head. It's favorite game. Anyways. <laughs> Look at Oh, Strawfin. <laughs> and eventually he finally comes his way out. Nah. Yes, we've come with visitors. They have important business, of course. We mustn't wait their time. Now, you said someone, you're looking for someone. They left with a lady. Do you know what they look like? Do you know who they were with? The man of which we are looking for is a small green goblini. Ever heard of them? Never heard of a goblini. Have you heard of a goblin, mate? Of course I've heard of a goblin. We've worked with goblins. Take a goblin, take a regular-sized goblin, shrink him down to about a foot, and uh, you're looking at uh, our friend here, and mm. uh, he's got bright pink hair, roughly, I'd say, type of hot pink. Kind of looks like the flowers you have and outside. And an impeccable fashion sense. Oh, yeah, the fishing. He'll tell you if you're wearing your Sunday's best. He sounds cute, but I have not seen him. This this other person we're looking for, perhaps 
has powers from the primordial the primal plane they have the ability to turn into a wolf but also vaguely human oh that hum. that is what we call lycanthropy they are a high elitist clan that um, does not usually welcome outsiders if she is with who you're looking for I know where to go, but I don't recommend going there. Please, what could they do to us? We nearly killed the one that we just met. Impressive. Well, craftsman, you are better with wording. Can you explain what we do? <clears throat> what I was trying to tell you earlier that this is essentially a fortress for the inner court of the Raven Queen. Once the planes were split apart, the party that we worked with who helped us split apart, we divided ourselves into two members per plane as kind of watchers to make sure that they don't figure out the other planes exist and that any form of elitist group stays within their plane. So you said you were on the material plane when this wolf-looking person came about. Yeah. Yes. Well... If you guys are here and you found the Raven Queen's ring, that means most likely you are here because the Raven Queen wanted you to. Where your friend is might not be the best situation. Questions. You, short one first. What did you do before you got into this mess? I am actually above average height for my race. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm short for being a dwarf. You're still short to me. Tears well up in my eyes. <laughs> what did I do before this? Well, yeah, if you were brought along, it means the Raven Queen chose you. I was trying to kill the wolf person. Or do you mean what was my profession before this? Profession. What did you do? Where did you come from? He was a librarian. Uh, I dabbled in um, toppling empires and committing high treason for a lot of money. In organizing by the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for a person who doesn't know the alphabet, you sure do know a lot about books. I'm traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that, like, Fedwin has, like, half of, like, a, a title from the find of a book just permanently, <laughs> like, in his face now. Almost like a branding, just... Yeah. <laughs> adventures of Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> but for her, it's just the adventures of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, you were probably a lot closer in on all this mess than you thought you were, boy. All I'm saying is, if you're here, you probably were chosen by the Raven Queen for a reason, which means somehow you're involved in all this. Honestly, mate, I think it was all by chance. I think it was a case of wrong place, wrong time. No, no, Fedwin, I think he's talking about the reason we all met in the first place. It's called a bloody coincidence, Polly. Damn right! I mean, the reason we all met was because we all wanted money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll strike a simple deal with you. Specifically you, Tall One, because it looks like you're uh, a limb less than you should be. And you seem very interested in this kind of tech. And he starts kind of waving his fingers around and the metal gears move seamlessly. God, if I could run like I did as a child, that would be amazing. I have to stipulate that this leg has to stay with me. This is a very strong part of my past. 
Sometimes holding on to your past means you can never move forward, but that's for another conversation. If you end up deciding to go into this uh, lycanthropy camp, I may have lost some tech in there, and uh... So definitely did. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> the point is, they have a lot of my equipment in there because I decided to hide a cache because, well, some of my creations have some sticky fingers. Oh, is that why you made Hudson so simple? Well, actually, he's talking about me. I like to play with all of his fancy toys. <laughs> well, he doesn't like that I do that. It's actually how we got Harlem. He's the one who makes sure I don't touch things, except butterflies. He lets me touch the butterflies. Sometimes. I bet they don't fly anymore after you touch them. Well, that's why it's sometimes. <laughs> Only the endangered species, you know. It's a simple crate. It's labeled with this symbol. And he shows you a quick symbol. It looks very similar to Anelios's pouches. Various different workings on it. It's almost like a craftsman brand. If this thing's still in there, and you find your friend, and you bring me that crate back, I'll build the tall one a leg. I mean, it doesn't mean we have to use it as a leg, but look at it, they move! That's a pretty sweet day, all we gotta do is kill some more pups like we did earlier with Sarah. Did you actually kill her, or...? Nearly killed her! On a scale of about maybe 1 to like 150, I'd say she was at like a 1 in terms of health-wise or something. <laughs> First off, impressive. Generally, those things are hard to put down. At least for someone of your stature, but still, I applaud it all the same. Whoa, 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 slow down there. Jeez, just put me on blast, okay. Not specifically yeah, you, I know my just... son's a bit short, he didn't exactly take after his dad, but that'd be nice. You're his kid? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Roll for my mom, My mom was a single-celled organism. <laughs> Right, um, well, I can draw you out a map on where you're going. We have our own business we have to take care of in the uh, north of the primordial range, but in terms of potions and whatnot and uh, recovering yourself, we have limited supplies, but if you're here for the Raven Queen, it means that, well, you're here for a mission that is worth taking note of. So we can give you what we've got, but uh, before you ask, no, you can't take Hudson. No, you can't take Harlem. Aww. I have another question. Yes? If we are to bring back the supplies that you need from the Lycanthropies, am I saying that right? Lycanthropies? Can we take Hudson then back with us to Mysteria? I mean, you say we can't take him now, but this is sort of like a test, isn't it? You know, you want us to test out to see if we're actually going to be able to actually kill these people and get back your supplies. But if we do, we pass your test. Will you give us Hudson? He's already giving you a leg. The lady says I'm special and that it'd be very bad if I got lost. So, personally, I like being with the lady. No offense to you people, but I'm not going anywhere without the lady, and the lady's the watcher of the primordial plane. If she's not watching the primordial plane, then she's not doing what the Raven Queen says, and if she's not doing what the Raven Queen says, then she's obviously not doing what her job is. And so I think with that, Hudson stays here. Ain't that right, Harlem? Yes, Hudson, we're not going anywhere because we are sentient beings. And he gets really close to you. 
Not property. Heard that, yeah, no, Fenwin? All right, let's Perfectly leave the clear. nice creatures alone. Um, do you think we could get just some supplies, like food and water and tea? Tea, tea would be great. Um, anything else? I, I'm not sure. It looks that you're all a little uh, tattered in terms of your armor, so I could re-up you on that if you wanted. And well. What I see is it looks as though you need some new weaponry, too. So, if you wait a day or two, I could muster up some equipment. And in terms of potions, I may be a barbarian, but I know my way around an alchemy table. That would be wonderful. Could I help with the potions? I'm not too bad with the table myself. Of course, any friend of the Raven Queen, who's a friend of Hudson, who's a friend of the Craftsman, a friend of mine. And we can't forget Mordecai. Oh, are we friends with any of those people? Of course, oh, <laughs> Mordecai. Classic. Classic. <laughs> uh, quick question uh, I have uh, uh, regarding uh, the planes. Uh, who, who's the best to answer this? Ah, uh, that would be the craftsman. I do the better at the hitting things. Okay, craftsman, artificer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, back in Assyria, there's a giant that's tripped my village in the mountains with horrible snowstorms. Which plane did he come from? Um, large blue man lived in the mountains. Yeah, left a hole in my mother the size of a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with you and your blue complexion, I most likely say your father was a frost giant, which means somehow a frost giant left the elemental plane to make it to the material plane. Elemental. Elemental. Now, how far is that from here? Are there any sort of, like, chines or links? You know, you said you had those chines, you said you had the links, and obviously there are pathways to get between them. How do we get there? That's why we're more confused on all of this. Those chains were broken. When we took our station as the Watchers over here, we knew there was never any going back. We knew that written history of the other planes would be gone, and the last time we saw our party members were over... God, it's been about 2,000 years. (laughs) We generally just keep an eye on anyone who's trying to connect those planes and so if your father got through that's a fluke on itself uh yeah that means that there's an active chain how did we get through that means the chains are being connected which is why we've got to go the other way because we've got to start checking on our connections so would those legendary storm giants also be from that plane well yeah generally your elements usually rely on there. So that would be most places of your draconic descents, your, uh, there's, there's a long list of things on, uh, what would those Wild magic, be? maybe? No, anything in terms of magic would be connected to the ethereal plane, which is where you are from, so you should be more recognized with it. And he said just... Uh-huh, Polly. Yes, Polly, you're from the ethereal plane, so you, of course, would... I don't need to explain any of it. You know the ethereal plane better than any of us. Of course, I know it. Could you perhaps explain it to to the other hand? Uh huh. By the way, Mordecai, what race was he? Ha! Ha! 
Oh, we joke, don't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly question. Shoffin definitely didn't believe your lie, but at the same time was enjoying how Anelios was just going along with it. <laughs> I won't tell Anelios, don't worry. She's too precious. Thank you. Thank you. So it's appreciated. Not sure what you think you would tell her. Perhaps the race of Mordecai. Hmm. Just don't let Mordecai know you've got his ring if uh, you ever come across him. Uh, of course. We might as well be clean with this fella. He obviously knows that we didn't get it from Mordecai, so might as well tell him where we actually found the ring. Yeah, we found it off of a Tom Holland. Yeah, the frightening creatures. Worst demonic speech you ever heard. The language would make your ears <laughs> Now, what this uh, Tom Holland look like? It was a spider, but a man. A man spider. A miter, if you will. Per- precisely. He's got it. Alright, so we've got a Tom Holland and a miter. I think I know the creature you're talking about. Tom Holland is the miter. Ah, yes, yes, okay. I think I know the creature you are talking about, but... I'll let you keep the name. I like that one better. We kind of burned all of written history. Okay, well that's when we got the ring, anyways. The thing with the... Tom Holland was wearing the ring, we slapped the Tom Holland, killed him, got the ring. It's usually a low-intelligence creature. That's interesting how it got the ring, and let alone figured out how to connect to your plane. It's many days for many questions. Best of luck with what you're about to go into. In terms of equipment, what are you all looking for? I can't whip up anything too technologically advanced like a leg right now. That's a couple weeks of uh, adventuring and uh, assembling. But uh, I could do up something quick if you guys have anything specific you're looking for. Hmm. Well, hey, you want to pimp my ex? Actually, my hammer, my war hammer. What are you thinking? Pimp it. Surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want the hydraulics to like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just hold it still, and it swings for you. <laughs> but yeah, so he takes it, and a couple hours go past, and uh, well, before he does, he goes. You, uh, I didn't get your name. I'm, uh, Shroffin. You are, and he just extends your hand out to you, Theo. Um, and I look around at, like, my party, and I have this look on my eye, like, do I go with an alias, or do I, like, go with, like, the real me? And then I'm, like, I straighten up, and I go, I'm Theo. Nice to meet you, Theo. Uh, I see you've got two daggers and a short bow. Is there anything you'd, like, done with those? Well, I feel like the short bow probably could benefit from a little bit of uh, distance. Is there a way maybe you make the bow better that way without, you know, making the the weight too or making it too big for someone as small as myself? I think I could do that. And uh, pass me your daggers. I think I can uh, tickle your fancy on those ones too. I whip the daggers at him with no. <laughs> no, I get. <laughs> I hand him my dagger. And uh, finally, you. Bedouin isn't the uh, one you have to worry about hating your NPCs anymore. Same and finally, Polly. Polly, the uh, ethereal plane devotee to the Raven Queen. Precisely. What would you. Do you have anything in mind? Well, I just have this short sword and my humble shield. I'm not sure if you can do anything with those, but. 
would be greatly appreciated if you could. I'm not sure what, but... I think I could figure something out. And then he finally leaves, and Anelios is idly talking and even, like, slightly sparring with uh, the two gargoyles. <clears throat> and you're watching. She's, like, throwing them around like they're weightless. <laughs> she is so cool. She is quite a woman. Hey, Artificer, how old is uh, Anelios? Uh, let's see. She was about... Fed when wanting to be a boy toy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was... When we locked down the planes, she herself was 120 years old, so fairly young for a changeling. She's probably sitting... A changeling. What is a changeling? That's a good question. That's why I said changeling. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't know what that is. <laughs> ah, one sec. Anelios, can you just hide in plain sight for once? And she goes, ah, yes. And she throws Hudson with like, kind of like out of my way. And you see, she just starts like shimmering and twinkling. And all of a sudden she matches more of Fedwin's skin tone and changes height a little. And she's now more Fedwin size, looking very similar, though the facial features and the muscles don't really change. And that law is, is part of who I am. I'm expecting it to look like Ditto. You're beautiful! <laughs> That's amazing! But I can also do this! And she just falls flat on her back into the grass, and you watch disappears into the greenery. Where'd she go? Oh dear! Like Peter. That's amazing! Oh, I've never met a woman like this! (laughs) But uh, anyways, uh, she's about probably kicking around 1900s, around that age. It's within my age range. She looks fantastic, so... That is impressive! Thank you! As she pops up behind you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I get startled. But I try to play it off like I wasn't. I'm like, whoa, oh, mm. Fedwin is just fangirling in the corner, staring at her. Like, he is enamored. Like, this girl is unlike any girl he's ever seen. Hey, lady. Did you know that this tall one can do what you can do? His face is turning already, like. <laughs> Hudson, not the time. I'm going to describe Neyra and see if she can't turn into Neyra. That's a little... That's a little messed up, don't you think? Usually, you stick to the number of legs that's the same as yours, no? <laughs> or did that change in the material plane? No, no. Has it changed? This one... Uh, it's changed a lot. Just, uh, he's, There's, uh... uh he's changed. A bit, uh, changed! Guys, stop! It's changed! It has certainly <laughs> changed! Not in my time. I don't allow it. Please stop talking. I'm going to be like, no, no, no. It's it's changed. It's changed. Polly here from you know the ethereal plane doesn't know what he's talking about. Polly is hella old. He doesn't (laughs) know what's happening. What's cool? What the kids are up to? What would you know, Polly? Silly ethereal plane elf. You don't know what they know. Anyways, I'm not changing the horsey. See. Is not my <laughs> style. <laughs> That's okay. You're perfect the way you are. <laughs> You're really, really cool. 
Um, do you want me to bring you something back from the cave? <laughs> back? I can get you something from in there because we're, we're we're strong warriors, you know. We're going in there. We're gonna go bring back uh, your artifice and his old supplies. Well, you yourself look like the barbarian style, am I? Yes. Yeah, that's me. I'd like you to prove your worth. Bring back pelt of lichen alpha. Lichen alpha. All right, I can find the. Bi- I'm assuming that's gonna be the biggest one, or is that gonna just be the the female? Are they matriarchies or patriarchies? Uh, generally it goes by, uh, who was the first? You, there are many clans, you bring me back. The oldest? Okay, that's not gonna be hard, because the oldest is probably gonna be decrepit. (laughs) No problem, I'll bring you the weakest bastard I find. (laughs) So naive, little Fedwin. You'll know Alpha when you see. And she kind of, like pats you on the cheek, but it's it feels like a soft punch by just, like, the <laughs> force behind it. And Fedwin's heart is racing. <laughs> Little Fedwin doesn't know what he's getting into. We'll see. <laughs> like that scene in Anchorman, where he's like, oh, I'll take you out on the town as, as friends. And then, like, the camera, like, pans out. <laughs> and he's got a massive... <laughs> <laughs> so is Polly now learning some medicine stuff with the lady? Uh yeah, so you um after you finish your discussion with the lady, uh you decide that uh, you do want to take up some time. And so eventually she finishes her conversation with Fedwin, wanders over and goes, "Hello, Polly. I know you're from Ethereal Plane, but I can show you a thing or two. Come this way. And she brings you over to the hut, and you see this massive garden of flourishing flowers, of various vibrancies and herbs that are even dark as night. And she starts pulling out various ones and telling you what they do. And so if you take this one and you crush up the petals, it will heal you. But if you burn the petals, it will get you so high that you will not know where ground is. It's not fun in combat, but it's a challenge. <laughs> Bellini would have loved that. <laughs> and she starts like showing you all the like do's and don'ts, and like even is like jotting down notes for you. Um, hers isn't written in common. It's more of a like chicken scratch of various symbols. It looks more like a created language it does not look similar to what was in the book but she she ends up like helping you translate and craft it into whatever uh notebook you want and studying some time you've got a few simple potion recipes for uh a healing potion and a few other ones um you probably got a healing potion a night vision potion uh potentially a poison um you, the more you learn, the more you experiment, you'll be able to figure out what uh, everything does. But more so, you've got the understanding of this plane's herbs and what they do. Thank you. This has been very informative. Oh, you know, anything of a friend of Mordecai's is a friend of mine. I'm happy to help. How is Mordecai? I know I know that uh, you have his ring, but uh, you still have the summer house. How's his lady? Well, it was quite a while since I saw him, you see, but when I was there, he had 
quite the summer house and a wonderful woman. Wonderful. Quite the cook she was. Oh, she finally learned how to cook. I remember years she ago. She must have. Back when planes were connected. I went over for dinner, and my, did I wish I had just burned pedals. <laughs> well, she must have spent lots of time in the kitchen, if you know what I mean. We'll just say Polly learned some stuff, and that was the end of it. Yes, well, Polly, you're a very quick learner. I appreciate your time and attentiveness. And so, you finally rejoined the group, and, uh... Fedwin, Theo, is there anything you two would be doing while this is all happening? Uh, Theo's gonna, like, spend essentially that time, like, getting, local, like, native flora and whatever to, like, make a ghillie kind of suit. Or, like, to change his cloak so he can blend in a bit more. Okay, uh, roll with survival. And if, you know, if it, if it can't be done to improve stealth, can I just have it for cosmetics? Sure. Uh, 15 plus 2. So, yeah, you'll get a ghillie suit. I'd say if it, it's something that would, in certain situations, give you advantage on your stealth. So, okay. So it's not something that you'd be able to use everywhere, but in this, like, yeah. forested area, you'll probably get advantage on certain situations. But anyways, Fedwin, what were you doing? Is there, like, a window in this Yeah, room? there's windows. Yeah, so he's just, like, essentially, like, parting his hair in different ways, trying to just make himself look fresh, look new, and he's, like, grabbing some herbs and, like, rubbing them under his armpits and stuff and just trying to essentially just freshen up, be you the wanna, new fed You want to roll me uh, nature? Poison oak, lovely, lovely <laughs> herb. Uh. 18. Nice. Okay, yeah. So you end up, like, sniffing various flowers and you rub some on you and you've got, like, what would be their version of lavender. So you've got a bit of a nice smell to you mixed in with your uh, Fedwin-y musk. Should I reapply? You know, I'm going to reapply Fedwin's stump glue just in case also. Oh, just tell Anilias to look away. I don't want her to see my disfigurement. I'm going to, I'm going to like point out into the sky and be like, oh, is that a bird? <laughs> and then I'm just going to quickly apply the stump glue to Fedwin. A bird in my cave? That is, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't, I don't, and she glances back just in time that the stump is now applied, but like, Theo, as you look, when you finally apply this new glue, you even see that, like, the color is no longer disfigured, the wound is actually finally oh. healed, there may have been some, uh, med medicinal properties in this goo. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little taste. <laughs> what does it taste like, Tom? <laughs> Paint me a word picture. <laughs> All right, so you decide with your finger gooped with Fedwin's stump glue that, huh, it works for him, so it must work for me, and just, like, fire that finger into your mouth, and as you suckle on it, <laughs> there's a wave of flavors. It hits you with a flavor of spice with a hint of cinnamon, and then that artificial banana? And then, like, that final wave of flavor just, like, hits you with this weird tar as you realize, yep, that's the adhesive. My finger may be stuck in my mouth. <laughs> Just on your roof of his yeah. mouth. You know what? Science <laughs> requires sacrifice, right? I like to think it's like the worst possible finger. It's going to be like my ring finger, so it's like completely awkward. <laughs> and like everyone who sees it like, why did you do that one out of everything else? I feel, how does that taste? I'm just going to look up at you and just be like, well, you know. No, I don't. With my other hand, I'm gonna with my other hand close it to make a uh, like a thumbs up and realize I glued my other hand together too. 
It's a big leg. I have to use both my hands. <laughs> Anyone have rubbing alcohol or acetone, maybe? Moments go by, and eventually uh, you see Hudson look down and go, Lady, you say it's not good manners to suck on your fingers. Let me help with that. <laughs> and he just, like, pinches your head. I'm losing a finger. finger. I'm assuming I'm not the only one who has done this. You've stuck your tongue to a pole before in the winter, yes? Yeah. Yeah. That is the feeling you get when he pulls your finger out. Ooh. Don't worry, little fella. I got you. And uh, as that tears out, just you feel four damage as your tongue is gone. <laughs> and you see it just... Why like, do I feel like that was like the maximum damage? <laughs> <laughs> and you just see like a strip of like taste buds on your finger. Oh, jeez. Well, that's it. So what you're saying is I can now taste whatever I touch. <laughs> So yes, you have combined the taste and the touch <laughs> senses. You are the flavor tar. He is <laughs> the an flavor octopus tar. now. He tastes things he touches. <laughs> Wait, do octopus do octopi do that? Yeah. That's what their suction things do. Yeah. That's so cool. Going to Flavor Town with his fingers. Master of all five senses. You have combined taste and touch. They are now one sense. Uh, yeah, so now eventually you're able to like work with uh, Annalise and just peel off all the like glue and the. the it's your call if you want to keep the uh, ring finger of taste buds. <laughs> eh, why not? I, I like to think that it's like you know when like girls in like middle school would put like the glue, the white glue on their hands and like peel it off or whatever. Eh. I like to think it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> After uh, a moment or two later, and you have your small conversation with everyone, you're starting to discuss everything. Is there any other questions before I move on? So yeah, um, as moments pass on, eventually you see that small hut deeper in the cave. The door finally creaks back open, and you see the uh, craftsman, Shroffen, finally stumbling out, carrying arms full of just various parts, but you can see your weapons have a bit of a modification to them. So he's carrying arms full of arms. Yes, yes. He is, has arms full of metal with his metal arm. And he eventually sets everything down and goes, Well, I've made some modifications. I hope you like them because uh, I'm not putting them back. <laughs> he takes out your hammer fed one and he passes it back to you and goes, I've given this uh, an ability I like to call split. So I'm just going to break the fourth wall. So um, you can just break this hammer apart. Some would say as a bonus action, and uh, it gives you two one-handed weapons that you'd be able to uh, swing twice for one attack. Oh, oh, now that's bitchin'. Theo, I know you wanted a little more damage with your bow, so and he kind of hands you a bow, and you see all these gears on the end of it where the string would Ooh. be. And uh, he, as he hands it to you, you see there's this little switch around your where your third finger would be uh, when you were holding your bow. If you uh, press this, uh, it activates, and he clicks it, and you watch it jut out farther and look like a miniature dragon, like a dragon slayer bow. What? That's You'd so be cool. able to plant this into the ground. It gives you about a plus two to attack roll, and the damage die goes <sighs> up to a d10. The only penalty to this, though, is you can't move after you've planted this. Until I, like, click it down again? Or, yes. Or at all? Okay. So essentially, if you fire this you can't move for the rest of your turn. That seems fair. And, uh, Polly, from the ethereal plane, 
<laughs> I yes. I figured you were looking for more versatile, so I gave you um, a nice combination. And you see him take your shield, and you see it's got more like slats similar to what a garage door has, so you can see it has more of a freedom of movement. Uh, if you crank this little gear, and he shows you how to do it, and you watch it curl over his arm, so it's more of like a bracer. Uh, it reduces your AC by one, but it gives you a free hand when you do this. And as well, you see him extend the handle of your short sword to almost a polearm length. As just a free action, you can pull this out as so. It gives you an extra five foot of reach and builds up to a D10 of damage. Guys, the way he speaks is frightening I like me. This Very guy. nice. Thank you. This will come in quite handy, I think. Hope this is actually what you guys were looking for. 110% it was. This is awesome. You work very Perfect. fast. Sorry, I just have a question. Um, when I when it extends and it's planted, does the range go up as well? Uh, the range would go up to a longbow. Okay, cool. For everyone's details, Soph, you're, when you split into two hammers, it allows you to do two attacks for the price of one. Uh, but it does reduce the damage to a d6 plus one. So the trade-off is you can attack more, but it does less damage. So you have a higher chance of hitting, but you do less, essentially. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But your your minimum, if you do hit both, is higher. Exactly. Polly, for yours, I figured since you're kind of the front line, giving you the extra 10-foot reach as well without reducing your AC by the full shield would be a good way to handle that if... You were looking for something different. I do apologize. No, that's cool. I like it. Cool. I don't know what I was hoping for. I just okay. thought it'd be fun to see. Cool. Change it up. So that's great. So right. it's just longer now from what I... Or does it technically count as a different weapon when it's so, extended? Yeah, when it is extended, it uh, in terms of your proficiency, it won't change. But it uh, falls under the polearm staff where it would be a D6 or sorry, a D10 of slashing damage. And yeah, so then your shield as well, it can wrap around your arm, reducing your armor class by one, but it gives you a free hand. So if you wanted two weapons or if you wanted to dual wields or two hand your pole arm or whatever, or even just the fact that you have a free hand. This is a really awesome smithy guy. I like him. Fedwin's just gonna like take it apart, play with it a little bit. Like he starts swinging both of them. He accidentally breaks something <laughs> in the corner. Ah, I'll pay for that. <laughs> so, yeah, you swing around. You, you're, like, flailing, and you throw one a little too hard, which catches you <laughs> off balance as the goo on your leg hadn't fully set. Oh, no. So you turned a little further on your leg than you intended to, and you hear just a, like, crash! And you look down, and there's just a potted plant, and then you glance and you see, and it's this little painted pot. And you see over and just a sad Hudson goes, I painted that for the lady. <laughs> oh. Who knocked over my onions? <laughs> you. Uh, I'm going to cast mending on the pot. <laughs> Don't worry. I know a trick for that. Just a bit of, you know, God glue and it'll be good as new. God glue? God glue. <laughs> well, see, I pray to my God and uh, she fixes it for crow me. glue. I see why the lady said the the Raven Queen sent you, to, just to fix my pot of plants. 
<laughs> Thank you, old man. That's right. You're very welcome. You can go get to the ethereal plane. You have saved us. No, no, I don't think I can leave quite yet. But if anything else breaks, you know who to call. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Polly. I'll never forget this. Two seconds later. Fedwin breaks it again. <laughs> 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 Fenwin Fen just sees it as a game. Fenwin! <laughs> Poor plant, man. Go <laughs> break some of your own things. I don't Fenwin. have any things. I'm literally a nomad. <laughs> well, then how about you paint something so that you can break it? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Hey, Hudson, where'd you get the clay? Well, the craftsman made it for me. Okay, where'd you get the paint? He said that, well, the lady got it for me. They said... It'd be very important for me to work on my artistic skills as opposed to bothering them. <laughs> Sounds like a parent right <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> Pro-parenting move. Wait, Tom. Well, it's quite a lovely pot. I have some some sketches apparently. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna fold one up nice and neat. I'm gonna crack open an egg, uh, and then I'm gonna ask Polly to bend the shell and I'm going to put the with the little sketch in there and I'm going to give it to uh, to Hudson and be like here's a little present for you <laughs> that is so wholesome nice okay yeah. I'm not yeah. positive that's how mending works but yeah let's do that you know what Tom do you want I, to rule and cool it <laughs> oh yeah I'm 100% DM allowing this one you broke the egg you, like you broke the shell and you are able to put things back into it by mending the shell. Uh, I'm allowing that. Yay. <laughs> okay. We could also make bombs, but don't tell Tom this. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying, like, yeah, you could do that. I was thinking, like, they could do that with gunpowder. What am I saying? <laughs> well, if we do is we could put, like, a match. We could put the petals in there and then just put a little hole in the egg. And then we just, like, huck it at people, right? <laughs> It's all fun and games until you're like, man, I'm hungry for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's high. <laughs> all right, so yeah, um, Hudson ends up getting this, and you see, like, he's holding it ever so gently, and he just like sits Aww. down. He's like, I love it. I love eggs. I can't eat them, but I like eggs. Uh, Hudson, <clears throat> if you open it up, there's a little present in there for you. <gasps> Instantly, just the excitement, just like a toddler holding something, just squeezes it so tight. And he opens up the little paper. He goes, oh, I love paper. <laughs> uh, on, the, on the other side, Hudson. Oh, and he flips it over. And what is this drawing of? Actually, I don't even remember where I got the adventurer sketches from. So I'm just going to make it up on the spot. I'm going to say it's... um. It's a drawing of, like, our whole group, minus Thatcher. <laughs> minus Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, like, remember when we went on that cool adventure and stuff like that, and we were, like, in combat with those two knights? Oh, or those, yeah. like, the knight and the bandit captain or whatever? It's, it's like, a scene like that, except Thatcher's not in it. It's just, there's just a big X where Thatcher should be. Or just draw over him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. Well... From the, and you see him like looking at it, and he's taking a lot of time to actually like take in the detail. He goes, "Well, I see you fighting those two, but who was the little one, the one sticking out of the smoke?" No idea. All right, guys, let's get <laughs> going. 
Um, <laughs> no, uh, that's that was our uh, our close friend Bellini. Is he the one you're looking he for? He got taken. Is he as nice as you folk? Yeah, really big heart. I hope you find him. Thanks. I know he'd like you guys a lot. You see, like as if Stone could blush. You'd see Hudson's cheeks go, like, a rose color. <laughs> you could tell, Aww. like, you have just made, like, the, the best friend. Aww. Yay. So that's how you're nice to NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. It's really hard. Well, as nice as it has been to meet all of you, I, uh... We must be going now, which means that um, the more you wait as well, the longer that your friend could be in danger. And as someone who hasn't seen their companions in almost 2,000 years, no time is too soon to see them again. So please, I I wish you the best. I will be warned, though, you must go through what is, uh, we call Nemozanine Woodlands, commonly known as the Ever-Changing Forest. Uh, it is easy to get lost in it, so, um, please be safe. Absolutely, Anelios. <laughs> and I'll get you that alpha. <laughs> of course. We'll be the safest you've ever seen. And she extends Probably. her large forearm out just as, like, a, for a handshake to the party. Fedwin does grip that art. Yeah, Fedwin also takes uh, between a, between index finger and thumb. And he, uh, he just like over, you know, excitedly shakes her hand and just blushing. So his, I'm not going to say Fedwin goes red because I'm going to say his blood is probably blue. So his face goes a deeper blue. <laughs> but like, like, like a sunburn, but yeah. blue. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> you feel like with her other hand, she kind of pulls you in and clasps like the, your cheek and neck. And she goes, until Ooh. we meet again. And as you're reveling in this moment, you see she's just doing it to everyone. This is how she says goodbye. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I found it was just a little I, I'm going to like shake her forearm. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, thank you for your hospitality. We'll, uh, we'll get you that alpha. I'll, I'll get her that alpha. I'll... Not you. Not you. But me. I'm the one who's getting of you course, that alpha. Of course. Fedwin is I'm getting he's the leading alpha. this yep, operation, mm-hmm. of course. He's a very strong leader. Yes. Yes, I am a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Theo, Full of yeah. Quiet, underlings, quiet. Time will show who you really are. And she gives you a playful smile. You see that cloak? <laughs> Made of boyfriend material. Yes, some oh. would say I am good for a long-term commitment <laughs> and that I am no longer uh, seeing or sleeping with my ex. So I'm a very good, good <laughs> future partner, people could say. Yes. And he nudges um, Polly. He's like... People say I make a good partner. Oh, <coughs> yes. Yes, of course. Right yeah. then, we will get you. Part human or well, humanoid cared, at the very least. You cared least. for Bellini a lot like a father. So. Yes, yes. You could say I am also fatherly material. So we will get you that alpha and uh, perhaps uh, you, you think about what you think about me when we get back and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> You see, like, she's somewhat impressed by the bolster. More so, like, just the longevity that it took to get your point. Just, like, she's giving you a nod of, like, all right, I, I see. I see this. I see what's happening. You picking happening. up what I'm putting down? Big one, I am smelling what you're stepping in. But we must go. <laughs> and you look over, and you just see Shroffin just, like, for a man who's got half living metal as a face, 
That's so he cool. He looks though. so embarrassed. Like, not embarrassed, but just like flabbergasted by what he just witnessed. <laughs> just be safe. Woods can be kind of dangerous, and uh, Lycan Camp is north of the mountain, so um, best of luck to you. He just seems like a father who I desperately want his approval. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, as you turn around, you see them kind of, like, running off, and you see, like, even for a short dwarf that Shroffen is, he's keeping up fairly well as he's just... They're now just darting in that direction as you watch them kind of fade out into the distance. They go make a baby. <laughs> Eventually, Hudson turns around and... Harlem, do you mind showing them to the uh, forest edge for me? I um, I need to go hang up a uh, paper. And uh, I'd appreciate it. Aw, he's so and... sweet. <laughs> yes, Hudson, um... Sorry, how big would these wolves be in comparison to Hudson? I want to see if I can get him a little gift. Uh, what do you mean? I don't know. Maybe, like, a wolf pelt he can, like, put in his room. Or, like, he could, like, wear it as a scarf or a hat or something. So, yeah, they'd be average humanoid height. So, they're between, like, six to seven. Like, between five to seven feet tall. Uh, Hudson is between, like, 14 to 15 feet tall. Okay, so if we stitch a couple together, he might get a nice cloak. Yeah, yeah, you could make him a nice cloak if you had enough, like lichen hides okay would mending help with putting them together i would or does it only work with material that was supposed to go together uh mending usually is repairing so it's like fixing like fixing a crack in a boat or fixing like a a chip in armor like those that's what mending does okay well it's good to know now that i know that all right at least myself as a human being now theo probably doesn't (laughs) And as you're walking, uh, yeah, moments go by, and eventually uh, you start to see the edge of this place that you're going to see this lush, thick forest of various trees and bright colors, and you can see that just from, like, looking above the trees to below, that light barely enters through these trees, so it's probably going to be a bit more dark where you're heading, no matter what time of day it is. And as you stand at this edge side, Harlem finally looks down, and... I know what you're going into may not be what you expected your life's journey to be, and Hudson may be someone who finds the light in life, but you've been chosen for a reason, and for that I do hope we meet you again. I see a lot of potential in this party, and I hope whatever friend you're looking for is found in safety. Please be careful. Thank you. No worries. We've got this in the bag. And so as you stare forward into that dark, ever-changing forest, this is where I will end our session for today. Spoopy. It was a heavy lore session. We got to learn a lot about uh, what you might be facing. But more specifically, we have to uh, find your friend Bellini, which, for those who are listening, our friend Montana, who plays Bellini, He had a work opportunity that has to take him away for about six months. So he's not going to be on the podcast for a while. He does intend to come back, though. But uh, for now, he is um, he's going away to a farm where all the Montanas get to romp and play. Um, You can't visit him. It's a very far place. But um, if we hope with all our hearts one day, he'll come back from that farm. Might not be the Montana we know, (laughs) 
but it's the Montana we've always loved. What if we get the wrong one? Like it's like Jerry Daycare from Rick and Morty. What if we bring, oh, home, then, what if we bring <laughs> home the wrong Montana? Uh, that's where we just push him down a staircase until we get the right Montana. We're just gonna push him down, and every time I, there's gonna be Theo at the bottom going, "Where is he?" And if he doesn't know, we carry him back up the top of the staircase and push him. <laughs> Montana. If you're out there listening to this, bring the right one home. We will push you down the stairs. (laughs) 